Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Jurassic Views, Bryce Diamond, post-game against a back-to-back, Charlotte Hornets, and then the Atlanta Hawks. I'm going to be one of those annoying old heads today. Old hoop heads. Kind of a a father wisdom (laughs) type pod today. Um, because I just listened to Will Liu, my man, Will Liu, who is, is fantastic. He's got the best podcast, most listened to Raptors podcast in the country, uh, in the world. And him and Alex Wong are, are guys that I love, respect. Um, they're cut from the same cloth as Tim and Sid and, and I just got love for them. Um, they do an exceptional job. And, and even Will Liu, who I'll be a little critical of uh, yesterday with his rant, with his sound the alarm type podcast, um, he still did a great job. Um, 2003 Toyota Sienna references, I mean, that's just gold, okay? But he was mad. And what I love about Will Liu is he's a fan first. He loves the game. He absolutely adores this team. And him and I uh, agree and react initially almost identically. And it's fun. It's fun to, to, to hear him have that kind of passion. And, you know, a lot of fans do. Um, now, there are those fans that just want to be mad for the sake of being mad and they expect the Raptors to win every single game, or they just, you know, go off with negativity anytime they get a chance. Like, I told you so, this team sucks. Like, you know, they've, they're trying to have defense mechanisms to, to get them through a Raptors game, let alone something like the pandemic, okay? But here's the thing. The Raptors right now are 32 and 27. They just got humiliated twice against the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks. I'm not going to get into the stats too much because all you have to do is look at the quarter splits and you'll see that the Raptors played well beneath their ability and um, even their performances, their average performances for this year. This is a team whose plus minus has been um, quite impressive for a team who's in the seven spot. Um, this is a team <clears throat> that has certainly played well above expectations. This is a team who had an all-star, Fred Van Vliet, and arguably should have had two. And maybe that would have helped the short term, in, in uh, specifically against the Hornets and the Hawks, for Pascal to play the all-star game instead of going on a trip where he likely stayed up too late and traveled too much. 
Um, but you know what? In the long run, it's probably going to help. Pascal had some time off, some downtime. Um, so the last two games Pascal played, he played terribly. Apparently, he had flu-like symptoms. Um, not COVID, still played. I'm not sure how that works or why you would choose to do that. Maybe that was Nick Nurse's way of saying, hey, go wherever you want, do whatever you want to do, but you're still coming back to work and playing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But he certainly wasn't himself. This is a team that played uh, with a Fred Van Vliet who is banged up. You can even see in the All-Star game. Um, and kudos to Fred getting out there in the All-Star game, representing the Raps, um, continuing to bet on himself, or as I'm hearing now, parlaying on himself because he's got so many chips down in different games. Uh, so he wins in every outcome, um, which is incredible stuff. This guy is doing it all. Um, but the, the Raptors, with those two losses, certainly uh, now are a lot closer to the Brooklyn Nets, who they play next. But the Toronto Raptors lost to two teams in a different division, okay? They lost to two teams badly, which sucks to lose that bad, without OG Ananobi, who's got a, a broken finger. I'm not sure how bad the break is, um, if he'll be back later this week or if he's out for kind of four to six weeks for it to fully heal. Not sure how that how that will all play out. If this, is this a Kyle Lowry thumb injury in the 2019 playoffs type injury? Or is this something he's got to back away from the game of basketball for a while? We'll see. We'll see. Um, but this 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 last two games, these back-to-backs, were played against two teams that were behind us in the standings. And we have the tiebreaker on. They are currently four games behind us in the standings. Um, both teams, I believe. Um, and we, because we have the tiebreaker now, not only do they have to play better than us, they have to, they can't tie us. Um, that's kind of how tiebreakers work, right? Like if you tie us, we win the advantage. So right now the Hornets have 32 losses. That's five more than we do at this current junction of the season. The Hawks have 31 losses. Um, both teams will likely play right around, you know, 500. They'll finish the season somewhere around, you know, 40 and 43 wins. Um, you know, even if the Raptors just played 500 basketball, uh, we're looking at playing 40, at winning 43 or 44 games. If we win 43 or 44 games, we're going to have the tiebreaker against both of those teams. And at the very least, that in the kind of a worst case scenario situation, in my opinion... The Raptors would have to go to Brooklyn to play the Nets in a, in a play-in game. And then, worst-case scenario, if they were to lose that game, uh, they would host either the Hornets or the Hawks. Now, I'm okay with that. Um, and, and, and here's why I'm okay with that. Number one, a lot of people did not predict that the Raptors would be in the top eight teams in the regular season. That's one. Number two, this is a team we know that has 
as just like Fred Van Vliet, as I talked about him, they got a, a parlay bet, which means that you place money down on multiple outcomes. And those multiple outcomes for the Toronto Raptors don't just happen in this season. They happen for next season, as and as we've talked about on the pod, as I've said many times, particularly the 2024 season or even the 2025 season. So if we were to host the Hornets and the Hawks to get into the playoffs, I feel like our um, situation is pretty good. That's what I would say. I, I would say that's a pretty good situation to get us into the playoffs. Now, here's the other thing. Let's say we win. And let's say we play the current number one team in the East, the Miami Heat. We've had some success against them. We've had a number of games against them um, this season. We know their players, Ella Kyle Lowry. We know Jimmy Butler. Now, are they going to be favored? Yes. Are they likely to beat us? Yes. But even if we were to play them in a 3-6 game or a 2-7 game, or had we have played out of our minds and been in a 4-5 game, they still could beat us. Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, and the Nets. We've all said multiple times on this show that it's likely they beat us in the first round. Now, if we're lucky, we've talked about getting the Chicago Bulls. Because of those three teams... They have the least amount of all-stars or least amount of superstars or least amount of experience. So the Bulls had two all-stars, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, but they haven't had a lot of playoff experience. Zach Levine uh, has played very few playoff games in his career. Um, I want to say he's only played a series in his career. Um, so that, that says something. The other thing <clears throat> is we know that DeMar DeRozan becomes a little more limited in what he's able to do when he plays in the playoffs. The pressure comes up. We know that. We know the difficulties that that face him. Um, his ball handling skill is is often pressured and comes into question. Again, not to say that he couldn't have an incredible uh, playoff series against us. Um, even when he you know played for the Raptors and got into playoff series, even when he played for the Spurs, he did have some good runs in those playoffs. Wasn't every series. But he did have some good series. I remember the 2016 Cavs series. He had two unbelievable games at home. Uh, he's played well. He had a couple games against the Washington Wizards. He he had a couple games against the Milwaukee Bucks in 2017. 2019, he played very well against the Denver Nuggets. But he doesn't have a consistency or a track record that gives you a huge amount of of confidence. Zach Levine, I just looked up, has never played a playoff game. So despite this guy being in three all-star games, he's never been to the playoffs. That says something. Um, now, one of their guys who's currently injured, 
Alex Caruso, uh, has played in the playoffs, has won a chip with the Lakers in the bubble 2020. But he wasn't a go-to guy. A lot of times he didn't even start. He might have closed some games, but he wasn't starting in games. And that was really the only time he played significant minutes in a, in a, in a long playoff run. Remember last year, they lost in the first round. Um, Alex Crusoe got dusted by Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So Lonzo Ball has never been in a playoff series. So when you look at the Chicago Bulls, that's the only team that we said we have a legitimate chance where we might even be seen as slight favorites, depending on record, depending on how well we finish the season and how poorly they finish the season. Now, certainly the Bulls in the two seed and us in the seven seed, if that were to be the two seven matchup, uh, you could say the Bulls are, you know, heavily favored. I, I would question that. We match up extremely well against them. Could Vucevic step up, who, again, doesn't have a lot of playoff experience? Uh, it's possible, but probably not, right? So we said from the beginning on this show, should we get to the playoffs, we are going to face a very difficult opponent, and we only have a chance at playing one team, one possible team who would have low amount of experience, and that would be the Chicago Bulls. And it's probably still a series that the Bulls are favored in. So let's look at this Hornets-Hawks possible play-in game for the playoffs. One of them is one we have lost, let's say. Because I don't think the Raptors are going to drop, you know, 13 games to finish the season. I really don't think we're going to go 10 and 13 to finish the season. It's possible. And then, you know, the Hawks win 43, and now we're in the 9-10 game. But even if we were to go on the road against the Hawks or the Hornets, I feel pretty confident. We beat them twice this season. We match up against both of those teams well. The Hawks certainly would be the team that's better uh, because they have more playoff experience after their run last year, and they certainly have the best player on the floor between the Raptors and the Hawks, but also between the Hornets and the Hawks. They have the best player in Trey Young. Right behind him would be Fred Van Vliet. Now, no one on the Hawks is as good as Pascal Siakam outside of Trey Young. So now we have the second and third best player on our team, okay? I would even say with the Hornets, they don't have a guy who's better than Pascal or Fred Van Vliet because LaMelo Ball is their best player. And I think Fred and Pascal, especially in a playoff situation and a play-in situation, are better. So if we were to host the Hornets or, yeah, if we were to host the Hornets or have to go to Charlotte, I don't think there's any issue for us. I think that, you know, you flip a coin if you want, but I think we're in a good position. Play the Hawks in Atlanta. That's going to be a tough game. Uh, Trey Young's, you know, he's going to want to prove uh, that he, he's back and, and he can, you know, he, he can play big, big games and win in, in heavy uh, leverage situations, high leverage situations. 
So that would be less favored. But if we play the Hawks in Toronto, I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling just fine. We beat them twice already. You don't think they played their best basketball? They gave their best in both of those games. Um, so that's kind of a worst-case scenario. We play the Hawks or the Hornets in a play-in game to see who's the eight seed. And knowing what people predicted, knowing what was likely, you know, we were probably going to finish somewhere between 41 and 47 wins. Some, you know, a lot of people had us down as low as 36, 37. I think that was foolish talk. Um, With 32 wins right now, we're probably winning 40 at the least. And I'm I'm still willing to bet that we can hit 46, um, but I'm happy with 44, which means that we would go, what, 12 and 11 to finish the season. I'm okay with that. 44 and 38, uh, we're, we're the eight seed. We have to go to Brooklyn. I'm okay. <laughs> That's actually okay. You know who's not okay with that scenario? The Brooklyn Nets. They didn't want to be in this situation where they had to have a Ben Simmons gearing up for this year's playoffs, who's probably not 100% in his health, whether mentally or physically or holistically. They didn't want to have a player on their team in Kyrie Irving who might not be able to play a game. I mean, let's let's put this into perspective. Let's say somehow the Nets finish below us. Kyrie Irving can't play in the 7-8 matchup because he hasn't got a vaccine. He can't cross the border. Is that the scenario they want? Did they even want to be in the play-in? No. Did the Hornets, did they think they were better than the Raptors at the start of the season? Hell yeah. And people were going crazy about LaMelo Ball and how unbelievable he is. Maybe you know, top three point guards in the Eastern Conference. Was Fred Van Vliet in that conversation? No. The Atlanta Hawks, after last year's conference finals appearance, playing against the Philadelphia 76ers and coming back. Big surprise against Doc Rivers and winning that series. In seven, with Embiid and Ben Simmons imploding. Doc Rivers having no answers because he doesn't know how to have strategy in in games. Doesn't know how to make good in-game decisions. Now he has James Harden to make his decisions. He'll probably be okay. But did, did the Atlanta Hawks think at the start of the season that they would be behind the Raptors in the standings? No. Did they think they would be battling for the 9-10 playoff home court advantage situation? No way. So even if we finish this season and we were to lose in the play-in against the Atlanta Hawks, we've already exceeded expectations and we've already exceeded, you know, what the Hawks had done and they were well below their expectations. You know who else is really ticked off with their situation right now? Who are like, their minds are blown. They they think that they're dreaming having a nightmare. The New York Knicks. They thought they were for real when they were the four seed last year. They thought it was a fluke that they lost. 
to Trey Young in five games, absolutely dominated. They thought they were a for real four seed last year. They are the 12 seed and have lost five games in a row right now with 36 losses, nine back from the Raptors. So I'm, I know I'm just being an, an annoying old head to put this into the big picture position. But we are way better uh, situated than the Knicks, Hawks, Hornets, Nets. The only team who has blown expectations, who have, have risen above all the haters and doubters, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers are playing over their mind. I don't think it's sustainable. Now, when Colin Sexton comes back, they're that much more lethal. I don't know if he's going to be able to come back this season, but they've done great. They've been coached well. They've probably got a lot of calls that have gone their way, just like the All-Star game was in Cleveland before it was in five other places that it was supposed to be because they hosted the 1997 uh all-Star Game, which was the 50th anniversary of the NBA. And so why not go back to Cleveland for the 75th, even though you could have gone to places that you haven't been to in the, in the last 25 years. And you could have been somewhere warmer, more interesting. Um, and people could have had fun outside, not just in the building, although the dunk contest was a joke. But the Cleveland Cavaliers, out of all the teams in the Eastern Conference, are the only team who can sit back and say, we, we've gone above expectations. In terms of record, the Miami Heat are about where they were supposed to be. Now, they're the number one seed because the Bucs have had so many injury issues, because the Bucs are putting it on LeBron chill mode. Um... You know, the Celtics have finally waken up from their slumber to play pretty good basketball. Although that said, they've lost to the Pacers and the Pistons in two of their last three games. So should we feel bad that we lost on the road in Atlanta and Charlotte? We're in a really good position, folks. Are there things to correct? Without a doubt. But I have trust in a guy who's not just won a chip, who won coach of the year without Kawhi, who had just a good, as good a record without Kawhi in the regular season, who has exceeded all expectations from day one of his coaching career. He wasn't supposed to be here. Nick Nurse? Come on. Uh, and this team is going to continue to do that. Is it possible that they just kind of took the last couple nights off? It's possible. Uh, I believe OG actually has an injury. I hope he comes back quick because obviously he's a huge important piece to, to what we do. But you don't think Scotty Barnes going to the All-Star weekend and playing in the rookie game and being part of the skills uh, competition on Saturday night, you don't think those things tired Scotty out who's already played you know, top three minutes as a rookie in NBA history? Uh, yeah, that, that stuff affects him. So, you know, Fred played way more minutes. He's trying to, 
you know, have some time to to take his foot off the brake. They are Hornets and the Hawks are behind him, and they have the tiebreaker. They're this team is feeling okay now. They got the neck, the Nets in the next two games. Kyrie can't play in either of them because he isn't vaccinated, so he can't play home games, as far as I know, and he can't travel to Toronto. So if they don't have KD, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, or Kyrie Irving. Those are very winnable games. We win those two games. We're right back where we where we were uh, before the All-Star break. Seven games above 500. We're two and two after the All-Star break. We're looking okay. Now, we have to do that. But if you said to me, we'd be two and two after our first four games uh, after the All-Star break, I would have said, yeah, that's probably right. So we'll see, right? We'll see what happens. We'll see if KD returns. Uh, we'll see if Kyrie uh, is allowed to play at home, if the rules have changed. I don't think they have. We'll see if Ben Simmons' back is better, if he's game ready. My guess is he's not going to be game ready for the next two weeks. Um, We'll see. We'll see what what happens. But if the Toronto Raptors get these next two games, there's nothing for us to worry about. Precious Achua looks good. Um, Fred has looked good in, in, in the second game against Atlanta. We have lots of things to figure out, but this is a young team who has exceeded expectations, and I think they will continue to do so. Um, I wouldn't even, you know, count them out in the sixth seed, to be honest. Yes, the Nets are going to go crazy once KD returns, um, once New York State lifts their uh, vaccine mandate. I think Kyrie, KD, and the Nets are going to go nuts. Um, I think they're going to want to get that six seed because they're going to want to face the Sixers in the first round, which is beautiful. But in respect to the Raps, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, Overall, big picture. Not the last two games. I'm not even going to think about the last two games. Taking a big picture approach. Now, the last thing I'll say about expectations, and this is just me now just poking. And, And if there's, you know, fans of other teams that are on here, uh, they might not appreciate this next bit, but let's just go over to the Western Conference for a second and look at the nine seed, 33 losses, more losses than the 10 seed in the East. The Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James, 40 million a year with Russell Westbrook, 40 million a year with a top 15 top 10 talent, Anthony Davis. They are right now in the nine seed in the play-in. And the Pelicans have only woken up from their slumber because they have a professional in CJ McCollum who's playing. And because they realize, oh, we might be able to catch the Lakers if we get going here. Um, But... If you're a Lakers fan, did you think you'd be 27 and 33? No, your expectations were at least 33 and 27. You were hoping you were going to chase that six seed down, force the Nuggets or the Mavs to have to play in the play-in. But this team's not good. And, and, and they know it. LeBron knows it. Does he want to stay in L.A. long-term if this is what it's going to be, that he has to play with Brody, Russell Westbrook? Uh, I highly doubt it. Uh, the only team, I guess there's two teams in, in the West that have played well above expectations. 
because the Warriors have kind of plateaued from their start. And that's the Suns and the Grizzlies. They've played out of their mind. The Jazz have had some injuries, so that's held them back. The Mavs are right where they're supposed to be in the five seed. The Nuggets have played well without Jamal Murray. But, you know, a six or seven seed finish was probably where they were thinking. Maybe they could catch the Mavs if they got hot or if Jamal came back. But they also have Michael Porter Jr. out, too. So the Grizzlies and the Suns and the Cavs are the only three teams in the entire NBA that have exceeded expectations more than we have in the Toronto Raptors. I would say that's pretty damn good. And when you go down the line of our guys, Scotty has exceeded expectations. Pascal, because of what he did in the bubble and last year, Pascal has exceeded our expectations. Without Kyle Lowry, I think it's fair to say for most Toronto Raptors fans and reporters, Fred Van Vliet has exceeded expectations. For me, I knew he could play at this level because I have a ton of belief uh, in Fred Van Vliet and have for the last four or five seasons. Um, Gary Trent Jr. might be most improved player this season. He's played out of his mind. He shot the ball at incredible rates. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does in the next 10 games, how, how teams deal with him. Uh, OG Ananobi, I think he's probably kind of met expectations, and unfortunately, he's had some nagging injuries, abdominal, a groin, and now a finger um, that has got injured, and that's kind of held him back. Uh, but he would be the only guy in the starting lineup that hasn't exceeded expectations. I think Precious Achua's had some great moments. Chris Boucher has become a real pro. Uh, Ken Birch has been underneath expectations, but again, we know that's a lot to do with, with injuries. Um, now Thaddeus Young is in for Dragic. I think Thaddeus Young, as he gets more familiar and the team's playing well, I think he'll be an important guy um, with that second unit. Uh, Delano Banton, we know, has exceeded expectations. Obviously, Malachi Flynn has not. He's played below. Him and Cam are probably in the same position, although without injuries, Malachi is probably the guy that most people would say has been underneath. But when you think as a whole where each individual is at, these individual guys on our team are playing above expectations in, a, in general, right? Um, so I, I expect that. I almost expect that they'll play above everybody's expectations for, for the rest of the season. And again, if, if we finish 12 and 11, we're 44 and 38 on the season, we finish in the eighth seed and we have to go to Brooklyn in that first game or Boston in that first game, I'm okay with that. Both of those teams are expected to be ahead of us, despite me making a bet with a friend that the, that the Raps would be above the Celtics. Um... I think most people expected the Celtics, and certainly the Celtics and their fans thought they would be better than the Raptors uh, at the end of the season. So that's a that's kind of where we're at. That we played above expectations, uh, pushed a lot of teams, pushed a lot of big teams, beat a lot of big teams. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. I appreciate that you've hung in with me for 31 minutes as this old head. <laughs> has talked about big picture but we're okay 
we're going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right, y'all. And I'm, I'm excited to see what we bring in these next two games. Um, again, as I've talked about before the All-Star game, our schedule was nonsensical. We have, in, in six games, uh, we played those six games over the course of eight days, including the Hawks and Hornets game. And those six games are all back-to-backs. These next two games against Brooklyn are back-to-backs. Our last two games are back-to-backs. And, and then the next two games uh, are, are back-to-backs uh, against Detroit and Orlando. Um, could we win the next five? All those five games are very winnable games. And if we win those five games, we're, we're, we're ready, set, go um, before we go on a West Coast trip beginning in San Antonio on March 9th. And then after we come back from that trip, which is a one, two, three, four, five, six game road swing, as if we've had enough games on the road. My gosh. We play nine out of 10 games on the road, come home to Brooklyn, Detroit, Orlando, and then we go on the road for six games, and finally, finally we'll have <laughs> a situation where, uh, you know, we look okay, th- that the schedule doesn't look like it's fighting against us. Um, yeah, that that is fascinating wh- how our schedule has been. Right now we've played one less home game. So that means we'll, we'll play a lot of home games to finish the season, which is nice. Anyways, y'all, this has been my own rant to counter Will Lou's rant in some ways. But probably we've all been a little uh, frustrated. We've all been embarrassed with how the Raptors have played. And my guess is Nick Nurse and and the crew feel embarrassed too. And they'll come out strong against Brooklyn. Brooklyn, where are you at? We're coming for you tonight. All right, y'all. Enjoy the night. Enjoy the next two games. I'll catch up to you post game of the back to back so that will be wednesday morning i will come at you with an episode zai and i are queuing up our final black history month although it'll be outside of february but black history month is is every day or black history is every day so we'll come at you with another episode there we're just setting up a guest episode which will be a lot of fun zai will talk more about that uh in his next appearance but until then, enjoy these next two games and uh, en- enjoy the sunshine wherever you're at. All right, y'all. Peace.